0: Jesus is no Robin Hood. That's what we're going to be talking about today in this episode of Consider This. Drew Moss is in the studio with me and grateful for our time together. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the very interesting statement that Jesus makes um, in the in the Gospels that the rich are going to get richer and the poor are going to get poorer. Um, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. That's a kind of a bit of a tease thing. I hope that you will listen to the rest of this podcast um and it's a blessing and a challenge and an encouragement to you. So Robin Hood. Right? Yeah. What do we love about him? Uh Robin Hood. Uh that, he's not even real, right? Uh, I mean
1: Isn't it like King I Arthur? don't think he's real. Yeah, I don't think he's a real person. Well, the animated Fox one I'm pretty sure is not a real one. <laughs> like that's <laughs> I okay, hold on a second
0: here. <laughs> I'm gonna get totally confused <laughs> with like Boobaloo, or and then the and then there's the bear yep. and then the little boy. Yep. Cause I, I those and I know that the stories are very very it's, different. Oh, Jungle
1: Book, Jungle, yeah, Jungle Book, Jungle Book with one. Mowgli.
0: Mowgli and Baloo. yep. Yes. Okay. Uh, no. So, but isn't one of them kind of like Friar John? Yes. or
1: Baloo, the guy, the uh, the voice of Baloo, and he actually looks a whole lot like Baloo. plays okay. l- Plays Little John, okay, in, uh, in animated Robin Hood.
0: It's kind of like James Earl Jones. Like he's the voice of so many <laughs> yes, really cool yes, people. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, so, so Robin Hood's not
1: real. The animated Fox one, one hundred percent not. <laughs> uh, and then I'll tell you, it looks real. Kevin to me. Costner, uh, <laughs> he's real.
0: It's, uh, he's real. Uh, uh, yeah, I do believe I do believe in the authenticity of Kevin Costner. Okay. <laughs> but you know it's it's funny cuz this is truly like a it's 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 a, more than even King Arthur, which is one of my other favorite somewhat mythological mm-hmm. stories, right? The, but Robin Hood's kind of like a favorite. I mean, yeah. it's, we we think about that and So what is it? What is it that what is it that gets you? It's It's just man, I love
1: this guy. It's totally you know. I mean, it's the uh, fighting the man. Yeah, it's the justice. It's the whole and the whole theme. Uh, What robbing the rich and giving to the poor?
0: Robbing the rich and giving to the... It's like Rage Against the Machine. Exactly. Before Rage. Yes. In in Fox form. (laughs) Uh. form. Uh. And Uh. here's here's what's interesting is that, I I mean, I was I was thinking about this earlier. because I want, I want to talk about, obviously, who Jesus is and what Jesus was about. Um, and I don't think Robin Hood is a kind of Jesus, right? It's, we're not talking about typology here. Um, but, I mean, I, I think I would consider Jesus to be, in many ways, a similar person, hmm. i.e., really, really caring for the underdog yeah. or the the guy that's on the outside or yeah. the guy that doesn't have a chance. I mean, Jesus loved to uh, truly to confront those that had power, Um, uh, religious power, um, and so he really seemed to just care for the poor and the needy. He's got this whole way of looking at the kingdom in which the last is the first and the first is the last. So, Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. He shows up on the scene and reads, is it Isaiah here to proclaim good news to the poor and to the captive, and like this is kind of the start of This is what my mission, this is kind
0: of a pronouncement of my mission and that kind of stuff, yeah. And then it's like, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get some of their stuff for you. Yeah, yeah. And what's really interesting is like he doesn't do that. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've ever—I don't know if you've ever thought about that. But you know, Jesus doesn't. Jesus literally says, "Blessed are the poor, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are the persecuted." And I, lately, I've really been thinking because these are topics, obviously, that are should always be right near the top of what mm-hmm. we're discussing on a regular basis. Right? Kind of the core of the gospel, the core of our interaction with the broken world around us. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think we always need to keep these near the top but it's really interesting it's not blessed are the poor and so you guys get out there and make sure there's no more poor yeah but it's um and yet he does tell us to to look at our things differently and to clothe the naked and to yes. and to feed the poor and to give water to those and to visit those in prison so there's definitely an engagement but i've often wondered like it's almost like he's not a robin hood in mm-hmm. that sense right so yeah. he is for the he is for the little guy but he he doesn't seem to think that turning the little guy into the big yes. guy is the yeah. answer. his I guess.
1: primary goal it is an interesting thing. His primary goal is not to uh, to make the underdog not the underdog anymore, to or to to make the poor not the poor. You know, that's even like his whole uh, his whole thing is the. Uh, Almost like that that blessed are the poor is, happy are you. Uh, This is, you know, how fortunate you are to be. There's
0: something that you get in this, in this kind of life, which is just interesting, yeah. It's one thing that we, I don't think we talk enough about Um, just what happens to all of us with things like envy and greed for either for ourselves or others. I, I really have thought a lot about that over the last year or so whether or not I genuinely look at those who are powerless, who are on the outside, and whether I do consider them to be blessed. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like I really consider you, I know Jesus said you're blessed, but I'm here to help. Yeah, And I'm here, and I've I've wondered about this because I've really wondered about whether or not, um, I guess I still see things from a worldly perspective. Mm -hmm. Like I still think um, more of like, uh it's almost like i think maybe what i believe jesus said was you know these guys aren't in the best situation but in the end god has pity on them which i believe he does but there really seems to be something good about being last in line yeah and we so want to take the person last and go come up here and it's like no that's god and it's really interesting right because that's god's job Mm -hmm. it's not us to it's us to seek the last of the line it's not us to reverse the yeah. line. Is that yeah. am I crazy? I like
1: that. I like that idea. You know, even that. It's like it's, uh, uh, you know, rather than always trying to get the last up to the front, it should just be the, our main concern should be getting ourselves to the last. Yes, you know what I mean, and getting ourselves back there, um, and so. Uh, it's not at all. We want to hold people down and keep them there in that spot. It's like no, I want to. I want to go down to where you are. I yes. want to. You know what I mean? And I want to be below you and that kind of stuff. So.
0: And I, I really think that's it was very interesting. Is because I, I like how you said it. Because I think that's been my somewhat of my conclusion as I've wrestled with this, is that I am to join them at the end of the line mm-hmm. and to wait for God to to do what God does best, which mm-hmm. is to whether it's persecution, God will be the one who will vindicate. Yeah. You know whether it is uh, definitely uh, kind of circumstances in which I find myself not having to realize that I maybe I didn't need, hmm. you know. So I, I think that's interesting. So what I want to talk about today actually is this kind of reoccurring statement that that, that Jesus is the one that makes, in which Jesus loves to say those who uh, kind of an anti Robin Hood comment, right? Those who have, they will get more, and those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of like an anti-Robin Hood statement, yeah. right? Yeah, Now, he, he's not talking about money. In any of these instances, yep. he's not talking about money, but he is describing a way of living um, and responding to God that seems to be somewhat universal, that those who are rich get richer, yeah. and those who are poor get poorer. yeah
1: yeah uh so thoughts to not yeah it's not this word can be so generically used and so I don't it, but it just kind of does encapsulate spiritually speaking is kind of what yeah. we're we're meaning it, uh those those who have an ability to perceive the things of God and hear from God will be able to hear and perceive more and those who have just a little bit it's that kind of idea that he's talking about right um which is yeah uh which is interesting because you, uh, I don't know if I want to say it doesn't sound fair. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, no, I but literally, I, I was, was gonna does. go. I was
0: gonna ask you this question. I was gonna go. Okay, that's not fair. Yeah. So you're you're already hitting. It. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. It, there's part that sounds that sounds not fair about that. Wait, that, like, it, doesn't doesn't Jesus want everybody to be able to? hear well the things of God, doesn't want everybody to be able to respond well yeah. to the things of God. And so it seems like if anybody <clears throat> should be giving, given more, and been, it's the people who are not doing it well, given more, more help in doing those
0: things. But you're right, Jesus says these kinds of things more than once. It, it seems to be, it's interesting, you know, there's these great statements from, I've been crazy in the Psalms lately, right, finishing this class in, uh, in my program at school, um, delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, oh. right? This yeah. statement. It's, it's like, oh, that's what you mean, right? To put those two things together. Yeah. Those who have, more will be given. Those who do not have, even uh, what they have will be taken away. Yeah. Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, yeah. which is what? The delight of the Lord. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, the things of God.
0: Yeah, and it's like if you don't like the Lord, he will let you have that. It's, and, and so I, I've been really thinking, I kind of want to just kind of brainstorm this with you. Like, maybe this is what was happening with Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh doesn't want it. And God hardens. Yep. And this is kind of an interesting idea. Like God, God hardens what's there. He doesn't, he doesn't make good hard. He doesn't make good bad. Yeah. He doesn't undo the work that was being done in Pharaoh's heart. He gives Pharaoh more of what Pharaoh wanted. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah that's there's this interplay back and forth if you read through those those narratives in Exodus, in which it alternates back and forth between saying Pharaoh hardened his heart and God hardened Pharaoh's heart, and those two things seem to work together yeah. uh, And the one I think of in in terms of that is well just the more general statement of Romans one. Yeah, which is that's I was thinking of Romans one, which too. is yeah, Paul saying that God hands people over to their sinful desires. That those who don't want Him, God gives more of that. Not want to, He allows them to have more of that. Okay, you, if you want to go your own way, I'm going to give you more of your own way and let you have more of it. Um, and so that that's the one I think through, in the negative sense. Sure, you were quoting uh, the rich get, those who have will be given more. Uh, and those who don't have even what they uh, have will be taken from them. Matthew thirteen and Mark four.
0: Well, it's it's Matthew thirteen, Mark four, and I believe Luke four. or is it Luke eight. It's either four or Luke eight. It's, yeah. it's the same. It's the same. Um, right uh, with, after with the parable of the sower. Yeah, it's the parable of the sower. Yeah, which is really kind of an interesting. It's really an interesting take. I mean, when I want to preach the parable of the sower, it's almost like I want to run down and help people learn how to work the ground. Yeah. And the parable source seems to be the opposite. It's almost like you really – I don't know. Well, I I don't know. Can you work the ground, I guess? Is
1: that what I'm asking? Yeah, well, we always say – it's so interesting. We always say – why did Jesus tell parables? And we always say Jesus told parables to kind of clear things up and make it easier, make it make it more accessible for people and simpler to understand. They
0: love the baboo story or whatever. Yeah. They love they or they Animated love, they foxes. love practical things, uh, right? They love to have stories of guys sowing seed in the yeah. field because, you know, they were all farmers back yes. then, which they weren't all farmers, but I get it.
1: But in that story when the disciples ask him why are you why are you speaking everything in parables and what does this mean Jesus literally says I, I say this to make it harder um basically he kind of says I say I say this to make it um not super simple and easy and that's it's in the context of him saying those things that he says uh, those who have will receive more, and those who don't have, even what they have, will be taken away. That uh, those who have some ability to perceive what I'm talking about, or I think actually what he may actually be saying is. So this is Matthew
0: thirteen twelve. Yeah, is kind of it's is kind of the statement which he engages. So if you want to yep. if you want to quickly get out your Bibles, you can look at that Matthew yeah. thirteen twelve.
1: And I I always the, my perception is through Mark is where I study it the more. Okay. And I can't remember the verse, but Mark in the four. it's, it's he, towards he the makes end of, a of Mark really four. Really interesting
0: statement. in in Mark four uh, Mark four twenty five okay. is my favorite verse. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's towards the end of Mark that he makes that statement. The reason I always see it through Mark is because. I see this story in Mark as a little bit of a uh, paradigm for even how Mark writes his gospel, (laughs) Uh, which is I think what Mark is doing following the lead of Jesus is Mark holds just enough out for those who really want to know to lean in and ask for more. And, and go, what does... And that's exactly what's happening there, right? The disciples, well, some of the crowds leave scratching their heads going, who knows, I, I don't know what the Jesus is talking about, right? But the disciples come to him... After,
0: so not clear.
1: Yeah, and the disciples come to him afterwards and go... Tell us. We want to know. Yeah. And I don't think Jesus is going, well, I'll only tell you, but if anybody a- else asks, I'm not telling them anything. Do not tell
0: them. Yes, I am going to give you a secret. Yes. Do not post this on Facebook. I think
1: that's the whole point of what's going on here, is those who want more of me are going to get more, mm-hmm. and those who are content, with, yeah, great, great. When are you going to feed us some more, Jesus, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to. That's what they're going to get, and they'll leave. They might leave with full bellies, but they're going to become spiritually seeking, poorer and poorer, they're going to drift further and further. But those who will lean in and ask, those who will continue searching, are going to continue. I'm going to honor that and reward that and feed that with more and more in them. So uh, that's that's how I, and I think, like I said, I think Mark does that. And there's a lot of little things that Mark does in his gospel where he doesn't give you the full answer. You've almost got to lean in
0: more. Well, Uh, and uh, here's the other thing he does is that Mark loves to do, he loves to take like real life enactments and then cast beside them like a spiritual analogy. So there's a blind man that cannot see. Yeah. And Jesus, over it looks like, a couple of different gestures of his. Yes. The man grows in his seeing. Yeah. And then the next kind of series of narratives are the disciples growing in their perceiving of him. Yeah. And he does this a number of different times in which it's like he's, he's, he's drawing this literal parallel, yep. someone who could not see out of their eyes, and Jesus uh, tr- heals him, and he still Halfway. can't really see. Yeah, it's
1: like a half-healing. <laughs> half-healing, which
0: is, I think, we, why is Jesus doing a half-healing? It's yeah. like, well, because I, I think what Mark is drawing attention to is he's trying to underline the fact that the disciples are growing in their understanding yes. of him, and we, we see this, right? We mm-hmm. see this particularly after, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because we were talking about earlier the statement, like, you know, can we, I don't know, can we how can we help God in this? Right? Mm-hmm. How can we help God in this? Um, on the one hand, I'm, I'm reformed enough to say I don't think we can help God, mm. but on the other hand, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter four, verse twenty-five. I would tell I would tell this to my boys when they were little. I would tell them this a lot because I think it's important that when we um, ever come alongside the Word of God, uh, that our posture is proper. You, you talked about the lean. You talked about yeah, you need little, to be yeah. close, and then you you you, you lean. Yeah. And this is what Jesus says, because um, we're going back to verse 24. So 25 is the statement about rich getting richer, poor getting poorer, spiritually speaking. But in verse 24, he says to them, pay attention to what you hear. The NIV uses pay cl- careful attention or pay close attention. But it's literally describing that you got to be very, very careful um, in terms of like how you're hearing the words of Jesus, mm-hmm. that if you're casual about it, It's like God is casual with you. Mm. If you're wanting to know, God, God gives it to you. So it literally is pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be added to you. And then he says that in verse 25. For whoever has, more will be given to him. And whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Yes.
1: The, yeah, so this is Mark 4. Yeah, Mark 4, 24, yeah, 25. Yeah Mark, yeah. yeah, Mark Did I say yeah. Matthew 4? I think you may have said Matthew. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Matthew 4, we got a temptation thing yeah. happening <laughs> in the calling of the disciples. So, yeah, yes. no, this would be Mark 4. Sorry.
1: Yes. Um. Yeah, and this is, you know, by the way, like this, I think we get to, I don't know if you want to talk here yet, but I, I think I see this happen in real life oh. all the time. This I did want to talk just, about that.
0: So the fairness thing, it, it, it seems very interesting yeah. that God would do this. So let's just, and I always love to think about God's prerogative, but we can yeah. have a different thing about working out the fairness. But I was, the next thing I want to ask you is, like where do you see this play? I mean, we see it playing out with Pharaoh, and we see it playing out with the disciples and the Pharisees. Um, where do we see this playing out yeah. in, in real life?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the most simple ones that I think of is is when I, whenever I preach a sermon uh, on a given topic, and it's a lot of times the people who come up to me afterwards and go, man, that was so <laughs> convicting. I needed to hear that, are like... Uh, I was talking to your wife. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's like the people who it's like Miss Genevieve yes, telling me I really needed her... I really needed you to convict me on prayer Drew and it's like it feels like a John the Baptist Jesus moment or it's like no you should be baptizing <laughs> me like you should be you should be the one preaching this prayer to me. it is but it is consistently the people who who are growing in these yeah. things yep. who get to sense the spirit Yeah help them grow more or yep. give them a greater hunger for it. And it's yep. like the people that I go, I don't know that you needed to hear that all that often, but I'm not going to argue it or, all that much, but I'm not going to argue with what the Spirit was doing in your life there. You know yes. what I mean? And, and What we uh,
0: literally see in life is what we actually, what is, what is called to in the Bible is that humble people grow in humility. Yes. And that arrogant people grow in their arrogance. I, I, the, the phrase that we usually use on staff, or I use it actually a lot, is it's fascinating to watch people double down. Huh? They literally they double down. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, you are gonna you are gonna call me out on my on my sin. Well, I'll I'll see you, and I'll double that. Yeah. Um. And and honestly, there are times when I find myself getting defensive. Mm. That's what I do. Yeah. Like so, before I just throw everybody under the bus, I am gonna first crawl under the bus. Yeah. It's it is a human response. If you call me out on something, if I am not in a good place, or um, if if I if I if I cannot hear you defensiveness is almost uh, a, a, a picture I've wondered where does this come from mm-hmm. and it really comes from a defensiveness and I think what defensiveness is it's obviously defending your position and not wanting to hear and not wanting to listen yeah so whenever you find yourself getting defensive with someone else or with God and you're going to explain um uh, my my pastor growing up <clears throat> in Calgary uh, basically tells a story but there was a there was a kind of a campaign that they were doing and didn't have any names on the board, but I mean, a small little church. I think it was in Hannah, Alberta, small little, small little country church. And he was there and he was the pastor and the campaign was called move your dot. Kay. Okay. Move your dot. So they're, they've got all these dots on the board and no name, right? But you can go and you can find your dot. Okay. You know, back in the seventies, you know, my wife and I are given a thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Hey, just move your dot. That's it. Everybody's okay, so trying to figure out a way to move your dot. Just give a little more. Yeah. That's the idea, yeah. He tells a story of being back there, and so I'm, I'm sure they would have used a little more of a violent term today or maybe a little more, but he, he says like, one of the people in their church went over to the board, looked at the board, and just said, I don't care where my damn dot is. Huh. <laughs> and he told that story in one time, and I, I've, al- I've always remembered that illustration. Like, I don't care where it is. Yeah. And, and that's what I think that's what we all do. Mm. I think there are times where when I'm when I find myself being defensive I say the same thing I don't care where my dad is. Yeah. Um and it's like the, you're so angry and and you you had to use like even language to somewhat shock. Yeah. Right? That says you do care.
1: We go But
0: you you're not responding right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it the the natural tendency when my sin is being called out or exposed or even I don't know even always sin, but a lack of growth or maturity is is somewhat of a mental fight or flight. Yes. So I'll either I'll either put my put my dukes up and I'm ready to go or I just kind of try to not think about it. Just let's let's move on after this service and yeah. get to let's where we eat lunch. And you know what I mean? That's and again like 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 you said, I'm not that's not just calling out people generically but myself and those kinds of things. A it's brother too, called
0: me out yesterday on something. And it was good. Hmm. It was so good because I knew he was right. Hmm. So he calls me out, and I said to him, and I'm trying to think fast, right? I I, I, I wasn't even tempted to be defensive about it because it was clearly wrong. Um, It was a missed opportunity, and he was telling me what I should have done, and I missed it. And I said, I'm going to give you my reason, but please don't ever hear it as an excuse. Hmm. And so I gave him my reason, and I said, but you're, you're totally right. And I've, I've, I've been spending a lot of time in the last 24 hours kind of thinking about that. It's, I think it's good for us to know the reason why we're defensive. Yeah. But it's with the purpose of also confessing I was wrong. Yeah. You know. So, you know, Jesus, here's why I'm not giving. Here's why I'm not giving to the church. This is my reason, but it's not an excuse.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: I am afraid. I don't know where it's going to come from. I, I'm, Jesus, the reason why I don't give is because my credit card debt is to, through the roof. Yeah. And I don't want anybody else to know that. And so I really feel bad when Drew preaches on giving, or when Drew. Um, so here's the reason, but I, I ne- please don't hear it as an excuse. And and I it was a it was a really really healthy conversation because he he just looked at me and he said you know thank you, and I said no I said that's really I think how we need to respond when we're being called out is, God here's the reason why or or Drew here's the reason why I did this, I mean, please don't hear this as an excuse because. You know, you're pointing out my sin, or you're pointing out my immaturity, or you pointing out my, the the way that I should have handled it and I didn't handle. it. It's not always just sin. Sometimes it truly is disappointment, mm. right, with with yeah. one another. And I, I love that. And maybe because I was preparing for this, that I was thinking, don't double down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, God does not. He's the one. He's the real one. You never want to double down with. Seems like you're thinking about something. Your eyes are rolling. Yeah. And
1: I'm just. Well, I'm just thinking through. Like I'm going.
0: Who was it? That holds you out. <laughs> what was it? What was it about? Because yeah. um, where I'm, was he? Where uh, was he at?
1: Because <laughs> depending on what he said, I can check a meeting that I have with you off for the <laughs> list
0: today. Uh, no, uh, so. no, you can't. I have to talk to you about something. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I, I'm Doesn't listening to this, sweat and I'm when I'm somebody goes,
0: bit. "Hey, we need to meet." Yep. Oh no. Uh, this happens with do? me
1: on like uh I hear all the time with like college students. I have to tell them a lot of times, like when I'm meeting with when I want to meet with college students, hey, w- you, can you grab coffee sometime? And I realize if I just leave it at that, they spend the next few days freaking out yes. and asking people what is Drew yep. want to tell, you know. So I have to say things like I just want to hang out, I just want to catch up, I just sure. want to get to know you, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh because of yeah, that thing. But <laughs> you know, I'm listening to this though and going man, I, I could see people listening going this is depressing, like, so what is, does it, this just means if I'm not getting it, I'm just not going to get it even more, I'm going to get it even less, I'm going you know, like, so what do I do with, so am I just hosed in this cycle of, cycle of getting less and less, and not if I feel kind of cold towards the things of God, if I feel like I'm not growing, does this mean then that I am Doomed to kind of perpetual. I don't know. How, what, what would you say? to someone listening to this? Going. Is this what you're saying?
0: Well, I'll tell you. It's the reason why I don't like going to the doctor if I think I'm sick. Because mm. he's just going to depress me. Yeah. Right. I mean, truly, I did a. We did a thing a couple of years ago. We had some people come over for our health care for our uh, health insurance. And I thought, oh, okay, I knew this was coming, but I mean, I'm fat. And, you know, she's going to take my blood pressure and it's going to be like 400 over 625 or so, whatever, you know. And I just, I don't want to do this. Your, your suggestion to me would be what? Uh, That's probably your, uh, a really good reason to do it. You probably need to do it. Yeah. Right? And so I get it. Like, I get, I get the depressed aspect of it. I, I think, but part of it is, is that, I'm, I'm just going to be honest, I, I don't like going to places that are going to point out that I should have been doing something different. I don't like it, and I need to just—I deal with that. So I think, I think that's part of it. I get it. I get it why you might be concerned or frustrated. I'll say two other things, and I want to know what you think about this. One of them is, is that when someone says to me, I'm really concerned about this, I love to point out, then you're leaning. Yeah. Right? Like if you're afraid that you're not going to get it. Okay, say that again. Because it that doesn't sound defensive to me. Yeah. So I would say like if you're right now listening to this and you're you're concerned that you're not getting it, I would say the concern itself is not the solution. But the concern may may um may be a little bit of a description about what's happening. Again, I I I really think Genevieve's gonna call us and go, I'm really, really concerned that I'm spiritually rich and or, or I'm spiritually well, no, this is where the poor and the rich terms get complicated. Yeah. But you know what? I, I feel like I'm missing it. Yeah. And I'm going to go, no, 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 but this is a good sign that you're getting it, and yeah. you will continue to get it. So I, I, think that's, I think that's part of it. I think that those of you that have gotten depressed about this and have turned it off, which means you're not even hearing my voice right now, I'm most <laughs> concerned about them. Yeah. So I would say if you're, if, you're, if you're sensing a concern or if you're really, really, really feeling a, a degree of, uh, I don't know, frustration I would say thank the Lord, recognize that role of the spirit that is working in your heart, um, and then start to engage in some conversations about how to take this further because we're not gonna be able to do it in this podcast. Yeah. Um so I, I think that is is probably the big thing. What do you what do you Think about no, that. I think,
1: yeah, I think, that's, I think that's true. It's like there's got to be some point at which I, I step in and, and, and even that experience of. I, I have this kind of conversation with people a couple steps ahead when yeah. anytime I talk with someone who's saying, man, I really have just found myself hungry for God's word or I've really and I'm just wanting to know more. I always try to tell people, can I just tell you, chase that feeling like yeah. if you like that is a gift when you are experiencing that that count that as a gift from God that he is doing something in you and and take full advantage and chase that. Don't get lazy in it. Just keep going after it and get as much of that as you can because life does even ebb and flow a little bit. And sure. there will be sometimes when we when we ebb a little bit and and you know, even even as we're trying to pursue God, th- those feelings will kind of come and go a little bit, but when you have that, count that as a gift and chase it and God rewards chasing it. You know what I mean? Those are
0: Well, and and the other so. part that I would say is is that You know, I hope that this is definitely going to encourage you because I I really do hope that you're listening and you're saying, Wow, like it might be small steps, but I there I I am feeling the spirit's conviction. I am feeling a deeper desire to know Jesus and to be obedient to Jesus. I am wanting to see that fruit being worked out in my life. And I want to be able to celebrate that and share that with others. So I I really think it's good to underline that. Like I I think that there may be a number of people that are going, Wow, this is kind of depressing. I'm never gonna get it. I really think there's a number of people going, wow, thank God, because he's the one we thank. Thank God I get it. Yeah. You know? And I'll tell you, this is the other thing I would say, is that um, you know, I I did this with you, and I did it with with Steve, too. I asked this question on our yearly evals from 2020, are you growing? Like, what's your spiritual condition, and are you growing? And it's really interesting. The vast majority of us don't want to talk about it as much as... I wanted to talk to you about it. I wanted to say to you, like, Drew, like, I see you growing Mm -hmm. because you're quick to not want to highlight that, Mm. whatever. And I I think part of that is your personality where – um you know you're still repenting of a degree of fascination with Eeyore and his and you know what i mean but you you love to think things and then double think things and kind of work through that yep. right i mean and you're a very lively and an engaging person so it's not like you're a a despondent disconnected sure. human being but but you X-t- really do you times. don't want to be presumptuous right and i i wanted to be then therefore uh, presumptuous for you hmm. i wanted to be able to say and i think that maybe what this podcast might do is cause some people to say to those that know them well, like, do you see a desire in my heart to want more? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you maybe get, it's, it's maybe it's good to ask the question, like, why am I not why am I not experiencing more? And someone can step in and say, well, but here's what I am seeing. Like maybe you're maybe it's happening and you're not seeing it. Maybe it's the growing up the up the doorway. Yeah, you know, kind of ticking it off. Yeah, um, and and you just don't realize it. Like you know, my kids never go, wow, I feel taller today. But when we have them stand up and we kinda of draw a new line, it's like, wow, we're look how much taller I was than six months ago. So I, I think we need to do that. Yeah, I think I think that like that ability to look at and look back
1: over uh, a course of a year or whatever and, and and to ask people those questions, to be able to thank God for that and then lean towards it is such a is such a good thing. And I think, you know, uh to be able to the the theme underneath this, and you hit it, but is the reason God gives to, gives more to those who have and, and, you know, those who don't have even what they have will be taken away is not any sort of random arbitrary. Some people are just more spiritually wired. Some people are just more wired to want to read the word. Some people are just more attuned to the things of God. There may even be some of that, that it's sure. true. Some people may be more attuned to this, you know, those kinds of That might be true, but that's not what Jesus is getting at in no, this, I don't think. Not at all. The consistent pattern and theme is that God, uh, God reaches out towards the humble and those who are in humility seeking him, and that he uh, consistently hides himself from the prideful and from those who are hardening themselves. And so it's well, I mean, not an arbitrary thing. There's a, a theme that goes, man, I, I may not be getting it. I, I don't feel like I'm not getting it, but I really want to. And God, I feel like I don't have that in me as well. Please help me. That's a great, that's the kind of attitude uh, that, that God reaches out for, you know?
0: Well, and I'll tell you, I, I believe that in, in part what we're actually seeing is God using um, the disconnect to hopefully waken us up, waken yeah. us up from it yeah right so there is a disconnect like you're so defensive about that drew um are you going to take that defensiveness and double down, or are you going to recognize the defensiveness and repent mm-hmm. and I really wonder like as as God hands them over and hands them over and hands them over? I believe that process is the way in which some people get awakened, yeah right they wake up and they go wow like i'm i'm i I am more spiritually impoverished than I realized, and it's not the kind of spiritual poverty that's ad- admirable. Yeah, it's the spiritual poverty that's empty. Yeah, right. Um, and and so I I wonder sometimes if that's not what we see in say Revelation three with the church in Laodicea. You think you're rich, you think you're you have all this stuff, but you're not. You're poor and you're naked and you're pitiful. You're yeah. blind. Um, and come to me, and I will. I will, I will feed you. I will clothe you. I will help you. I will give you salt for your eyes. Yes. So I'll do these things to you. So I really believe that the rich getting richer is a reward for yeah. God giving you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And the poor getting poorer is it's 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 not just random. It's not just the laws of spiritual physics. It's actually God's interaction with you. That I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep you in this state of spiritual poverty so that one day you may wake up and, and realize you're hungry or realize that you're empty yeah. or realize that you're naked. Like, do you know that you're naked? And yeah. so I'm, I'm glad he does it. If anything, the others would be the worst. Yeah, It'd be like, it's the cancer you'll never be able to detect. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. That's why, yeah, I,
0: I can... I, mean, we, I
1: think I've talked on this before, but I don't mind praying sometimes for... Uh, life to not go well for some people that I love, uh, because I don't want it to, not that I don't want things, good things for them. I just don't want life to go well as they are walking away from God. I yes. pray for God's grace and mercy to let them hit hard times, uh, in his, in his love for them so that they will see and, and come back. And so I, I want that for them. You yeah.
0: Know? No, no, no. I mean, that's, you know, we, we talk about that, um, May, for those of you that are hearing the gospel today may and, and you 're not you 're not at peace may you find peace by the Spirit mm-hmm. may He give you a sense of comfort and peace um, for those of you that are not um, in, a, in a in a in a right relationship with God through faith in Christ, may you find no peace yeah, <laughs> like literally, but the purpose of that may you find no peace is so that you would find peace and i I really think that 's what Jesus is doing here in um, the Matthew thirteen mm-hmm uh it's interesting he uses it at the end we don't have time to really unpack this parable but it's the same one when he he gives the talents yep to one he gave one to one he gave five to one he gave ten and he comes back and he gives ten more and he gives and then he takes the one and he gives it to the ten
1: yeah <laughs> literally yeah literally does what he's what he what, what uh he talks about later yes. literally takes from the one who has little and gives yeah
0: and he says that, Matthew 25, 29, he gives that same statement, because, because to those who have, more will be given, and to those who do not have. And, and there, and, and this is what I love about this, just in case you're thinking all of this are about our incredible thoughts about Jesus, sure, but it's thoughts about Jesus that have been responded to in faith with our actions, that he has called us to. It's building our house upon a rock, Mm -hmm. not building our house upon sand. So it is about an understanding of Jesus and then a life that corresponds to that. It's a life that is lived out faithfully. That's what he's he's describing. But the one who says, "I knew that," I, I, I think the Matthew twenty five parable is so interesting because the one who buried the talent says, "I know that you're mean, and I know that you're like really mean, and I know that you he almost, he almost, like, and I know you're not very just." Yeah, there's these. He doesn't say that. You're but a he, hard but master. He, yeah, and he, yeah, you're a hard master, yeah. and I know that you, you. Uh, uh, what, what does he say? So it's, it's like um, take from where you didn't plant. Yeah, or like something you didn't like even that. sow seed there, and yeah. you're mad that there's no grow, grass yeah. growing there. You know. Yeah. Um, which, which is interesting, because it's like you you see what I'm doing, but you you uh, you look at it maliciously. You
1: misinterpret it through yes. this through this lens. Yes. Of you're not being fair. You're not being yeah.
0: So here's my thought: total new podcast for this Steve. But it's like for those people who look at the judgment of God, and make Him malicious, the poor get poorer. Mm. And for those people who look at the generosity of God, enviously, why didn't I get some? And they attribute it to a malicious God. That's the poor getting poor. Yeah. So it literally is a lot of the accusations against God, which I always used to think, man, this is a new phenomenon. And then I decided to read history, and these are these are ongoing struggles that people have always had with God. And it's another sign of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. If you find yourself um, attributing to God malicious intent. That's a Pharaoh approach. Yeah. That's something I would be deeply, deeply, deeply concerned about. Because that, that Matthew 25 parable, it, it, it's, it's, I want to say to the guy, if I could talk to him, like you're not crazy, but you're reading it wrong. Like it's not like you got the wrong information. Yeah. It's that what you're what you're reading into what God planned or how God is working is so broken. Yeah, you're right. You called it that he's going
1: to take this from you. You're just not seeing that it's in response to the way that you are living and acting yep. uh, that this is going to happen and, and that it's good and fair for him to give to the people who are working with what he's given them and that kind of stuff.
0: My dad, okay, I'll end on this. My dad used to always do those kinds of things. He would always <laughs> like take from us and give to our brothers and sisters <laughs> if he thought we didn't have a good attitude. He really would. And I'll never forget it because there were all of these instances. he He would... He would so. I, I, I need to talk to him about this before, you know, he goes to be with Jesus. But it was almost like he was he was already trying to stay one step ahead of where we were at, and if he thought that I was looking enviously at what he would give. So my dad was never same Christmas presents for everybody or. You know, my dad always told us with his inheritance, yeah, I'm going to give it out as I deemed it. It's mine, and I'm going to give it out as I, as I see the needs within your brothers and sisters. And if, and if I don't give you that much, it's because I don't think you need that much. Or I actually think that you're not using it right. Or I think you want it too much. You know, my dad was so good at that. Yeah. And over years, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever uh, was frustrated by it or became envious to it, but it was always intriguing to me. Hmm. And, you know, I just, I, I think in that sense, maybe it's helped me even see God. In a, in a, in a way. It's cool. Is that, That's how really do cool. I, how do I, how do I see the goodness of God in these very interesting texts in Matthew 13, Mark 4? Um, it's in Luke 8, actually. Now that I remember it, it is in Luke 8. Um, okay. Any last thoughts, dude? It's been fun. Yeah.
1: Just that confirmation. If you, if you feel a conviction that, man, I'm not getting it, count that as a blessing and you know, cry out to God. He opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. If you're feeling like you are growing, thank God for that and chase him in it. And yeah, that's that's how I'd leave it, I think. I got
0: nothing to add. Love you guys.